Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women as well as marginalized people who has been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast, Apple, Spotify and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hey all, this is Jessie too. Hi, Tella here. And it is the middle of February, and you are listening to another episode of Asian Bitches Down Under. And Down Under this morning on Thursday, it's been pretty horrifying news for a lot of media organizations and the rest of the country. Helen, what has happened when Australians woke up this morning? What did they discover? Well, uh, everyone discovered, which happens to a lot of people, that the first thing they, the first app they reach for in their mobile is usually mm-hmm. Facebook. I don't Facebook know, maybe in the morning. Yeah, younger generations will probably go to somewhere else. Like my son, he never uses Facebook. Um, no, that's for like b- boomers. Boomers. Facebook's for boomers. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I'm a boomer. I have to admit Proudly. that I, I'm, I'm one too. Yeah. Well, like I've actually stopped going very frequently on you don't the use only thing facebook spent, anymore well yeah the only thing i did was inner west house people plant uh, people yeah inner yeah, west yeah. plant lovers or something anyway yeah. tell us what's happened so facebook has come out and they um banned australian facebook users accessing news media journalism anything related to inform- informative resources mm-hmm. on facebook um, you cannot link any I think you cannot share and access those informative websites through Facebook. Yeah. You can do it yeah. outside of Facebook. I said you still can reach their websites yeah. and if they have yeah. any other outlets or any other social media platform, you can do so. But for Facebook, um, the biggest thing They've that completely, I, yeah, they completely yeah. just shut got, um, Australian users yeah. out. Yeah, so like for instance, if you went on to, like this includes um, public service kind of organizations yeah, like it's very um, vague, ambulance services yeah. um the um new south wales um media bureau um bureau what is it called the um bureau of meteorologists i think yeah they, bureau they of were, like weather impacted. updates and yeah. all those things if you go onto the facebook page it just says no posts yet yeah it's just, just like met with a blank page it's just yeah. blank yeah everything's blank and you're not allowed to share and i try myself like i've been doing it like the past two hours Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to find ways to see we can't even access anything that's foreign media as well so not only australian media apparently we cannot some some of the foreign media channels that we cannot access uh we cannot right. share that's one thing and yeah, one yeah. Of the, uh one of the concerns that i have is also that um people uh Overseas, like non-Australian users of Facebook, they cannot share Australian media resources as right. well. So yep, that's yep. that's pretty that's fucked really up. Concerning. Yeah, that's really concerning yeah. because you can't let things out of the country. Like country, even exactly. Through Facebook. I, I mean, Facebook is pretty much essentially a lot of people... I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, I think yeah. a lot of people get their news, you know, because it's yeah. a really... Lo- it's a co- conglomerate of 
everything and you like you follow pages yeah and then yeah. it will just come up on your feet whenever new things comes out yeah um so at the moment what i've heard like i spent the past hour in clubhouse there was a room that opened to talk about this and there mm-hmm. were people calling that facebook and government as mafias like they're controlling and censoring what people can access or cannot access mm-hmm. like you said you know uh, a lot of pages that been uh, blank um mm-hmm. uh, yeah. health authorities even police and emergency services which are really really concerning apart from whether we're seeing some politicians accounts even art organizations reviews for like music um books yeah they've been shut not yeah, shut down but you just yeah. can't see anything you just can't be shared yeah. yeah so it's very random and i do wonder um this is something that i just thought about it when i was listening to the conversation at the clubhouse is that you know how some pages uh when you establish your page whether or not it's a business related or uh, yeah and mm. also non-profitable organizations are impacted as well so yeah. their inf- informations are, are not getting out there so mm, what I mm. thought was that, you know how when you set up a page, regardless if it's a business or not, sometimes that, uh, Facebook will ask you if you want to boost a certain post, mm. but you have to pay yeah, for it, yeah. so it's an ad. Yeah. Like we have, yeah. as Asian Bitches Down Under, we have a Facebook page, but I really, really yeah. use it. Um, I think we've moved most of our concentration onto Instagram because it's more, yeah. it's easier to access, it's easier to yeah. share a lot of things. Um, so mm-hmm. on Facebook, when you establish your page, they will ask you if you want to boost a post or boost your page, which means that you pay a certain amount of money and they will mm. randomly put your post or put your page into someone, a random stranger's Facebook feed. Right, yeah. right. So I wonder if that is one of the algorithms that Facebook could be using for those pages that they are banned or not banned because we're seeing some pages are banned and some are not. Like I've heard a lot what's, of... Yeah, what's not banned? Well, some of the radios that they're not banned, radio pages and right, right, some of the politicians' pages. That's, I don't see all the politicians' yeah. pages are banned. That It's mm-hmm. very, very random and it's very vague mm. on the, um, what do you call the, the, call, the I think they call it like media call of bargaining or something like that at the moment yeah so yeah you see that there's still people that are trying to find ways to share and i've tried a couple of times sharing on different ways that if i want to share a piece of news within a page for example on uh asian bitches and under i share it it appears to me as i'm a moderator i can see it but if yeah. i log out as a moderator as my on my personal mm. account i cannot see it yeah I cannot see right, it in, right. in, on the on that page, and yeah. some people had tried to uh, to see if you share a piece of news in a private group. If it's in a private mm. group, you can still access Will it. Work? it. Yeah, yeah, well, it works. Right, right. Yeah, well, so right, far right, that right. we've tried a couple of times, it works. So apparently, yeah. it's like if it's a fu- uh, public domain, if it's seen by everyone, you can it, you cannot see it. But whereas if it's in a private group you can still access right, okay. that piece of information. I don't know. It's, I, I think so what it's, do you think are the implications? I think it's a, it's a huge impact on independent freelancers journalism. Like, for example, you work in journalism. And, and I, mm. when I text you the, 
the news you're like saying that your editors are panicking and yeah well i think a lot of people are yeah, panicking this yeah morning. i think it's kind of like a corporate power like working they're, they're kind of bargaining with the government i do feel like there's something to do with the murdoch empire targeting like small and independent journalism they just try to drive them out yeah yeah because yeah. a lot of journalisms they use facebook if they don't have fundings facebook is a very easy accessible platform for a lot of a lot of organizations that they don't have money, you know, it just gets there mm. easier and people can read it faster. Um, just imagine independent and free speech things like that, and you have mm. yeah, larger precisely. media company who have money and resources to have their own establishment, maybe outside of Facebook, or they can, like for example, Daily Telegraph, they charge people Renet News, which. Yeah. We'd never do it because they're all crappy news. <laughs> but yeah. with the ones without government funding or the ones that are facing government funding, for example, ABC News, it's just going to get less mm. quality on their content. And where it's just, uh, I don't know, I'm getting so emotional because I hate it when I can't read things that is the quality, you know, like especially on the media and journalism work. And I like to hear yeah. different perspectives as well. Like they essentially blocking yeah, yeah. out a lot of people's way to their exposure, engage, engage in their exposure yeah. out in the different yeah, conversations. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I, I'm still thinking about it. I don't think I have anything to say at the moment mm-hmm. because I, I just, I never. I'm someone who in, it takes me a few mm. weeks or months to, to think about events. Mm-hmm. So I'm never someone who like can come out and just say something. It takes me a while to form mm-hmm, opinions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just um, glad to open up this discussion, and I understand that a lot of people this morning are are concerned. I wonder if the ban will be reversed, or if anything will change in the next 24 hours. Um, yeah, but uh, we shall see. Yeah, yeah, we shall definitely. see. I think at the moment people are coming out for um, coming up with alternatives to access information yeah. and informative resources. Uh, Twitter is one way to go, but I hardly go on Twitter because I just see so many people fighting. Yeah. It's sometimes the main contents gets buried. Um, for me, it will be yeah. just downloading the apps, which I, I've always do. Um, the news outlets, the main ones, they will have their own apps like ABC, SBS, The mm. Guardian, uh, New York Times, The Seattle Times. That's just a couple of, um, yeah. that I use myself. Um, I'm more concerned about some of the media outlets that doesn't have their own app and perhaps that they don't yeah, have right. fundings to make a good website as well. And I also get a lot of information yeah. about Asia from Facebook I think Asian markets is a really right, big right. users of Facebook and a lot of independent journalism companies that they use Facebook to promote themselves and that is a worry, yeah. Absolutely. Well, moving on to other news, um, I have been thinking a lot about this today's topic which, you know, is something that makes me super angry. I've been embroiled <laughs> in the whole idea of white feminism. Um, my friends and I are still going through and towards the end of our saga – going through Sex and the mm-hmm. City, um, I feel that um, as we're, we're approaching the last five episodes of season six, which is the final oh, wow. season. Oh, wow, okay. And, um, 
and and it, it feels more and more like I'm getting increasingly more upset by what happens in the writing because um it feels as though the women the four women in the show are becoming less interesting less vivacious um sort of dull in a sense when they start to settle down with their mm-hmm. partners so like I just finished um spoiler alert for anyone who you know is going through the series and hasn't seen I I believe it's like the sixth or seventh laugh episode last episode um Miranda has just broken up with Robert and Robert is like the only black character who has any who who has any um lasting um storyline um among the shows six seasons so he is um this charismatic um doctor for the Knicks uh the football uh, sorry not football basketball team obviously um and he is like very racial racistly he's like very it's very racist the way the writers just kick him out and then make him into this crazy black man who's in love with Miranda so Miranda and him date for a couple of episodes and then she decides to um leave him because she loves Steve instead and Steve is like a child he's the most um <laughs> drippy wet blanket of a character oh, and it's just really my friends and I are really extremely upset by the fact that such a Miranda is our favorite um was our favorite character until this moment until she decided to go back to Steve Steve is the father of her child and they had a relationship which didn't work out um but it's just it's so upsetting when like they become they they the choices that they make in their romantic partners are so deeply um disappointing because they're all losers <laughs> you know big is we know that big we know that um Harry ends up with big which is um, the biggest loser <laughs> so to know that Miranda ends up yeah uh well he's not a loser he's just like the most uninteresting one-dimensional character uh-huh. like it's just it's really really like they're so basic. None of the men in the show are interesting. I think the most interesting guy or the most charismatic guy is, you know, definitely either uh, Robert or Aiden. Aiden's a bit too nice, although no, I shouldn't say that. But anyway, um, it's just and and then the last episode we saw last night was um the episode where Miranda gets married to Steve, and um, we also find out that Samantha has breast cancer, mm-hmm. and that sort of added storyline that kind of pivot point for me was extremely extremely offensive because if I like I see that as the writers sort of warning women against the way in which Samantha has historically been so sexually liberated it's like all four of them any of them could have got cancer but it's like oh it needed to be Samantha because it's like God punishing her Mm -hmm. body because she's had she had like so liberally done whatever she mm-hmm. wanted with it and it's like oh it's so like it's almost like the the show was trying to say um which is why it was trying to warn its warn uh trying to warn its viewers don't be as sexually liberated and unapologetic as samantha jones because look what's mm, happened to her shit. and you know she didn't get cancer of the throat or it cancer of the, on heart. the breast wait can you get can yeah exactly it she had a cancer on her breast like it's a sexual yeah. organ Fuck. it's like it's it's so like it's so deeply problematic. Mm-hmm. Like I, I understand why in the '90s and 2000s when the show was running, um, why it was such a fundamentally monumental cultural event for a lot of women. Um, but but looking back now and watching it as someone in her early 30s now, um, and seeing it for the first time and understanding why there are still so many women fucked up today, it's because of yeah, shows like exactly. this, like the way that in which in 
inculcated a lot of very toxic conservative values about what it means mm-hmm. to be a woman and it, they did that under the blanket of like oh this is so feminist like we have women buying shoes because she wants to feel good it's like it's consumerism it, it's not just, feminism <laughs> oh it's just such uh it, it really is not a very transgressive show mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. but it was still you so know, popular it, it paints itself yeah. out to be but it's not yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to continue from there because I never watch Sex and the City. <laughs> I think I just mainly want to say like, um, there is nothing more damaging than cultural artifacts that teach people about a way of life that is really, really problematic. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like it, it just uh, any 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 show or any book that becomes popular, um, I think is dangerous because they. They spouse a certain sort of conventional um, attitude that, like, I just think is uh, quite destructive. Mm-hmm. And people catch it on the trend and think that, oh, yeah, because they're watching it or she's watching it, I'm just going to follow it. Or if that's something that's just presented in front of me, I'll just take it as it is. That's what happened with the pop culture. A lot of people don't consider or they don't critically think whether or not that piece of material is appropriate for them or for the overall society. I just think uh, um, there must be a reason why like a lot of people were drawn to it. The way that like uh, it's related to what we're talking about today, the way that Glennon Doyle has mm. become this ma- massive um, character, massive um, personality, I guess, in in the Western yeah, world. I think it's because the glamorous that Sex and the City has presented on screen and it probably, I think it's one of like the first or one of the earliest TV shows that had more woman cast. And it seems like, oh, like when you appear on screen and it's like woman dominating the show, that mm. therefore that it was popular at that time. But mm. on the other hand, that I'm talking about materials placing in front of you i just want to briefly mention that i finally finished reading invisible woman this is the non-fiction book that... that's a non-fiction book yeah it's what does it talk about dense and it's oh nobody wants to hear that <laughs> dense i don't want to read that, a dense book it took me so long to read it it's interesting but it just it makes you think that the data is really important history is important and you need to take time to read it i really encourage our listeners to go and get the book or borrow from the library if you can find one. I had one of our followers send us a DM asking that she's in the middle of the reading it and she's not sure is it she mentioned that it is not easy to read because it's all very I wouldn't say technical because there's some little stories in it which mm-hmm. is interesting mm-hmm. but you do have to take a long time to read it but you don't have to read it in one go like for me it took me like Mm. almost three months to finish it i read it slowly Mm. because a lot of things you need to digest it before that you move on to the next you know the following chapter i feel like there were never transparency because the world it was or still is designed for cis hetero men you know the the world is practically a default um structure for cis hetero Men. men Like, for example, within the book, um, 
She had gathered data of infrastructures, vehicle, medicine, public domain, housing, disaster relief, and also the political arena. She spoke about how those fields and industries has been really detrimental for women, not because we are inadequate, but because they are the places uh, essentially that were not designed for women at mm. all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I what I want to say. You know, the the importance of reestablishing the database for women and also in the future as well, particularly um, for the AI industry. Um, I've yeah. attended a seminar uh, a while ago, listening to a, a couple of women talking about the data differences, the gender data gap between female and male, and also in the minority groups. That there's no enough data out there that can be presented to the AI. The AI is just going to take the algorithm as the human has produced, mm. not human, men, man has mm. produced, yeah. and you will continue to discriminate against a woman or people of yeah. minority. Yeah. So it is really important. Um, highly <clears throat> encourage yeah. everyone to read that. Yeah. I feel like every day there is a, because I work for a women's publication, and so our news is focused on news that pertains to women. Mm-hmm. Every day there's some sort of research that comes out that says, oh, women. Um, are likelier to die from strokes because, like, often in the hospital, um, women who turn up with stroke-typical um, symptoms are turned away because the doctors misdiagnose them mm-hmm. because they think, oh, it's menopausal or mm-hmm. it's something to do with your hormones. Yep. Um, in the car industry, uh, like another recent survey said, recent study found that women, more women die from um, injuries to the back or the head when they have car accidents because a lot of the um, safety mechanisms like... Um, seatbelts and um, the high, airbags yeah, in the airbags, cars, the yeah. standard ones, are always moulded around the typical body and the typical body has always been mm. moulded around the man, man yeah, like average the male man. body. Yeah, yeah. The male body. Yeah, and yeah. our bodies are much smaller, you know, for instance. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, there's just there's so many different types of incidences every day where, like, there's a new study that f- just shows, like, oh, it's shittier to be a woman than to be a man. Like, I, I think I said this to my editors the other day when I was covering a story about... I don't even remember because it's <laughs> literally a daily occurrence, but I'm like, Jesus, I am so exhausted by... Like, it, it really is... Oh, I know. Um, It found that... um, uh, There was a study I covered last week about how... um A study found that uh, women and men uh, get feedback differently. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, like, men are given more concrete... Um, specific uh, feedback whereas women are given vague feedback and so as a result accumulatively speaking um, men tend to be like over years of this um, are able to rise up and Mm -hmm. become like more competent skill wise to take upon leadership positions because of you know the way in which they have been differently treated Mm -hmm. compared to a woman and I was just like god it is just so fucking shit to be in a female body. Like, mm. it really is just harder in every single possible way. Yeah, definitely. And, and for me, I think my... If I had just one thing that I wanted to do with my life, it would be to um, stop... It would be for them, the world, to have more women... More stories from the perspective of a woman yes. and for that to be normalised. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just want more people... Like, I think... I would want whole 
curriculums in our country to change and to get rid of Shakespeare, literally get rid of Shakespeare. My life has not been benefited by Shakespeare, can I just say? <laughs> like, get, get, give me Audrey Lord any day. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't I reading yep. Adrian Dawkin or, Cam- or um, uh, Gloria Steinem when I was a young kid? Why were we reading Tolstoy? Why were we saying that um, Philip Larkin or um, Stephen King are the arbiters of what it means to be a human being, you know? Like, it, it, it's like the idea of literature and the emblems of uh, uh, characters being emblematic of the human condition have always historically been men mm-hmm. because men wrote the stories and it continues on today like today it just came out the, that the american uh, american writers guild they have their awards in march uh they um their the american writers guild awards is um like giving awards to screenwriters mm-hmm. for television shows and uh um, out of the 31 nominees, only four were women. Oh, that's sick. And it's not like my first reaction oh. was like, okay, obviously, um, like most of the screenwriters are men, which is true, right? Mm-hmm. It is true. But then the article goes on to list a range of different um, screenwriters who were fem- women, but they were just not uh, selected. Um, and my guess is that um, the people on the panel were men, and exactly. men connect. Yes, men connect to stories that speak to them, mm-hmm. and typically, what will speak to them is anything that they see themselves in. Yes, and so they're only going to be able to see themselves in, like um, other straight white men, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 like two things. It's it's um, it's like this idea of us our positions as women and even not even women women like we're marginalized women so we're like mm. twice as worse off mm-hmm. um it's like the first problem is um we're not seen as um universal our lives are not like our aspects of our existence are not universalized mm-hmm. and the second thing is the arbiters of what gets celebrated and what is um long lasting and culturally significant the arbiters, the gatekeepers of that uh, have always not been people who look like me and you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think representation is very important. Um, Caroline Corrido Peretz, uh, the writer, the author for Invisible Woman, she had emphasized the representation of women in all industries. And mm. on the very end, towards the very end of the book that she spoke about, she, she took the discussion onto the political arena where she was saying that. Um, like you said, you know the screen, the male screenwriters, whether or not they are on the panel or they were the one who's nominated, they will be writing stories or they will pick the stories that are more resonated with them. And exactly. in terms of that, it gets more exposure, and people consider mm. that's just universal, that's been normalized. Exactly. Whereas women, Corrido Perez, that she said that in political arenas, that women tend to speak a lot more uh, woman agendas and issues. That's why we need to put yeah. women in those industries. So yeah. represent- representation is the key, of course. Yeah, all the way. Yeah, and like it's so insulting when we get clumped into like when we get sort of categorized as like, oh, that woman must only focus on women's issues. It's mm. like um, if it was the other way around, no like, one's gonna think twice about yeah. it. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, will we call it a male issue? Uh-huh. No, because the man yeah. is a default, right? Yeah. I should write a book where, like, one day, like, some sort of special global lightning happens, and all the women wake up with male bodies, and all <laughs> the men wake up with female bodies. Seriously, that is a great idea, right? I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna start it today. No, I think the concept, the concept should be just that all the powers have gone to female or the minorities. Or right. at least, yeah, I don't know. 
I think in yeah. that way, it's just yeah, it's just the the physical beans is just I don't know. I'm just gonna cut this bit off because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, like that's okay. You don't have to cut this bit off because I was just gonna mention in Japan. Japan often makes headlines for the wrong reasons. Uh, <laughs> All like, the time, like. Well, like, wrong reasons as in, like, um, not flattering reasons. Like, for instance, last year in October, there were, like, 850 young women who killed themselves. Like, it's just horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's really hard to be a woman in Japan when um, the former prime minister has come out to say, um, today, this morning, it's been revealed that he was, he'd been in, in the, so he is a chair, he's chairing the Olympics committee apparently Mm -hmm. the japanese olympics is happening end of this year Mm -hmm. i don't know um but he has invited a couple of women to sit in in the committee meetings but he said look but don't Don't, speak yeah yeah i saw yeah yes um obviously a lot of western media is like going ape ape crap ape shit over it um but like these men like i noticed that a lot of the articles that were written about this story they mentioned the guy's age like um the politicians they're all mm-hmm. in their 80s mm-hmm. and like these men are like from a generation where saying such a thing is just really normal because like they literally um i think i think a lot of men still believe in in asian countries that a woman should not be as opinionated as a man they just think that yeah. as it's it's not even like uh it's not even to them it it's not a uh sort of comment or a theory that they believe needs to warrant any kind of um questioning they just it's like as normal as oh um men have a dick and women have a g- vagina mm-hmm. like they just feel like that's so factual mm-hmm. you know the laws of nature um, call for the fact that women should just not speak. Like, I, I know this because yeah. I feel like uh, there are people in our family who actually believe that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I think from my own experience of interacting both, like, people from West and the East, I think sometimes the age is not so much of a concern, but I can see how it, oh, that really? works. It really depends on the environments that they grew up with. I remember our maternal granddad on the was it on the eve of our, one of our cousins' wedding. This is when I was still in Taiwan, like working. This is Agong. Yeah, Agong. Yeah, our Agong, our uh-huh. mother's dad, father. Um, yeah. There was an engagement. Like it was an engagement happening for our cousin, and our mm-hmm. ama, our grandmother, was telling him that oh, you should pick that tie rather than the one that you're holding. And then Agong just mumbled and he was just really angry. He goes, <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh my God. He was just essentially saying that uh, woman, oh don't, don't, why, why do you control what I do or something like that? But I think it, it felt like the tone of voice, it would sound like bickering between couples. But I was just shocked yeah. because I grew yeah. up in a Western environment. And then I looked at our aunties and they just kind of like smiled awkwardly in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whereas um, if you're talking about age, I had met like um, Caucasian old old man as in at the courts or at public places where I work. They actually value young people's voice and they value women's yeah. voice as well. Yeah. They're like, they yeah. will let you talk and they will let you speak your mind. 
and you know mm. include you in the discussion. But I think it really depends on the on the environment because I think our uh, paternal granddad he he passed away as well. I think he he was quite accepting of woman's voice. I think one thing is because our nai nai. Is very opinionated. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, I think I yeah. get a lot of her from. I get a lot from from her. Yeah, yeah. I think. She passed away as well. We have not. Helen and I don't have any grandparents left, but um, yeah, Nai Nai um left school at when she was in year three. Mm, because that's finish. what you did. Yeah. Um, for women, girls, yeah. Um, but um, she was just very like, she was not afraid to speak her mind, which I think was yeah. Yeah, is an important brilliant. thing for a young girl to have mm-hmm. when they're growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah, just to have that model. Yeah. Well, speaking of how you know age would define how you approach everyone's communication, um, Chotan Girls High School principals, you know, debacle last week mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, the news came to me from actually from my friend who DM me on Friday afternoon. Uh, oh no! On Saturday morning or Friday afternoon, I can't remember, saying that. Oh, H- Helen, have you seen this news? And I say, what news? And she was trying to find the link for me, and she said that oh, um, Charlton Girls High School's teach uh, principal made very sexist remark on the video announcement like throughout mm. the school. And I said, okay, I'll look it up because apparently she said her her kids who goes to a school nearby, they had other students was talking about it on the public transport already on Friday afternoon. Oh. Right, right. So on Friday, twelfth of February, uh, the school assembly delivered by video to the classroom by the principal of Charlton Girls High School said that okay, I'm gonna quote. Yeah, yeah. If she, students, she... yeah, if students come in mufti for any reasons, wearing shorts and tops that are stringy and skimpy and revealing, I'll be reading your parents and send you home. So please don't do that, girls. Please don't spoil it for others. Please, uh, sorry. Make sure that you adhere to the rules to wear some clothing that covers you properly. Please remember, girls, that there are men teachers in this school, and they don't want to be looking at that either. Don't compromise their employment because you can't do the right thing. So, girls, just keep this in mind when we have mufti days. That is absolutely. So she was referring outrageous. to the school the swimming that carnival. Is- I can't even begin to explain how outrageous that is. Like, she actually said skimpy. Yeah. That's fucking judgmental. I don't know who fucking used that word anymore. Well, she's obviously 2,000 years old. (laughs) Is she fired? Please tell me she's fired. Okay. At the moment, the latest news that I've seen is that um, the Department of Education is not going to further any investigation or disciplinary work on them, which really upsets me. What the fuck? Fucked up. It's like you are taking the concept that whatever girls wear is responsible of the man or the male teacher. Of their actions, also, and also you're also sexualizing your students. Yeah, sexualizing her students, and also like saying um, the male teachers in their status, their employment status and is their more important is than your education. Than, yeah, yeah that's fucked hell. up. Did someone? Yeah. Can someone go and like? Um, I was gonna say something much more um, criminal, <laughs> but can they go and egg the school or something, or like egg her car? <laughs> Seriously, this woman needs to um, just. Uh, yeah. Not be in the education yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like she has so she, no right to be yeah. in the environment how is with that, children. Yeah. I don't even how is she think leading that a group of women in a school. Yeah. That's effed up. 
And that's not even appropriate. I don't yeah, know how it, know. is that possible for her to pass the working with children's check. Hey, if if your daughter is at that school currently, what would you do? I will probably go and lead a very large protest to ask the principal to step down. I love you. I think that's in the love imaginary it. world. I think you, I think you would be able to do that because you're so angry and your anger. It's so powerful. I'm just quoting from um, one of the articles that your publisher had published last week as well um, by mm-hmm. Dr. Holly mm-hmm. that she said the key message conveyed to the students seemed not to be focused on students' best interest, but rather was more yeah. focused on students being responsible for male teachers' best interest in terms of their employment, Yeah, which is a, pe- a peculiar distortion that is inconsistent with student's responsibility in educational settings like why is a student responsible to to be careful of what they wear yeah because the whole world revolves around women accommodating to men and they're getting that lesson right now like everywhere you look it is women young girls being taught to shift shuffle around the interests the best interests on men i'm just so angry Seriously, this woman, this story is like the best example of everything that's wrong with the world, which is which is that women, are, um, half the population of the world, are asked to kowtow to the other half, right. basically. I think the danger of brushing Seriously. off this behaviour when there's no further investigation of what had happened, like, do you think about it? It's not like a personal conversation or something slipped out of town when she was talking to one of her teacher. Yeah. It's a plan. Yeah, exactly. It's like a announcement. public announcement. And yep. she knows what she's going to yep. talk. Good and point. came out from her mind yeah. with a certain preparation, which means that her, the value and the concept is very deeply ingrained with her. And I do wonder if there has already been sexually harassed incidents at school. Which she which has, she had which she has known. Um, yeah. hidden. Yeah. Yep. And yep. when there's no further which investigation yeah. of what she just said, it's just... Oh, I'm just so angry. I'm beyond. I don't know why she's not. Well, I don't know why she's not fired. To be honest, because that's just like you're just giving power to her. Yeah, Even though so she so, apologized, her, so... apology, her her apology doesn't seem apologetic any at all. Nah, nah, nah. No, she can't redeem herself now. No way. You know when first this the, actually there were students went to talk to her and she refused to saying that she's wrong. Yeah, at the yeah. very first incident, and yeah. I was like, fuck, she's. Um, I'm just purely speechless. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of um, ridiculous white women saying ridiculous things, we're going to move on to today's topic when we come back. So let's take a break. Three, two, one, go. Hey, guys, so we're back. Um, so... I listened to an article on my Autumn app, which is my <laughs> life, basically, um, about Glennon Doyle. Mm. Now, on my Autumn app, AUDM, um, which is, I've spoken about it countless times, but for those who are new to the pod, it's a, a app that reads articles allowed by professional mm-hmm. actors, um, feature articles. And um, most of what I listen to are female-centric mm-hmm. stories, so like profiles on women, um stories that center on the experience of what it means yeah. to be a woman like or anything to do with females females um and there are quite a lot 
So I clicked on this one by Glennon Doyle and I was surprised to find that it was actually by Arielle Levy who works at The New Yorker. She's a staff writer there. She's been there since 2008. Um, and I listened to it and uh, the whole time I was just like uh, sort of quite livid. There was a mild level of anger and I kind of want to unpack that in today's mm -hmm. podcast. Um, basically, for those who don't know, Ariel Levy um, and Glennon Doyle, they're um, sort of of the similar party. Like, I would put them in the same... Well, at least Glennon Doyle, I would definitely put her in the same category as like minor gurus, quote-unquote gurus, like Cheryl Strayed, mm -hmm. Brennan Brene Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert, these women who have really co-opted um, this space that Oprah is so welcoming with. It's like mindfulness, loving yourself, vulnerability, Spiritual. like <laughs> and, and all of the, yeah, spirituality and like modern feminism and like 99% of oh, their followers are white women. So, and, and all of like all those women I've just um, read, mentioned, Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, Cheryl Stray, they're all like really skinny mm -hmm. white women including Glennon Doyle and Ariel Levy. Um, I want to start by talking about Ariel Levy because um, part of the reason why I found this article so um, irritating is because like, I saw Ariel Levy for the first time live when she was at the Broadside Festival in Melbourne in 2019. And she was speaking at this um, panel called Who Told You to Speak Out? And it was moderated by Michelle Law. And it had Ra Raquel Will Willis, which who is an American transgender rights activist. Um, there was Nayuka Gori, who's like my hero. She's an indigenous um, mm -hmm. writer, I, I'd say, comedian. And then there was also um, Ariel Levy on the panel and also Curtis St Sittenfield, who is famous for her book Rodham, which was like a fictionalized version of what if Hillary Clinton did not marry mm. Bill Clinton. Um, and like I just looked through my notes this morning, Helen, to find what I had mm -hmm. written when I was at Broadside and um, the the panel talked about like, um, oh, it started off really generically. It was like, what was your aha feminist moment? Um, do you think it's okay to criticize other feminists? Like really basic elementary mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and I have this one line here that says, I'll quote you. I write, Ariel seemed to be oblivious to her lack of awareness to her position as a white woman. And I remember, like, I was sitting next to my friend Ali, who's, like, queer and woke as fuck. And we were both, like, um, at points throughout the talk, we were kind of, like, looking at us, looking at each other because Ariel Levy was so, like, um, kind of oblivious to Indigenous black, brown women and their realities in Australia. And she would kind of, there were moments where she sort of like spoke like a little girl compared to Nayuka Gori, who was like this fucking, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Nayuka speak, but she's just like the most intelligent, whip smart person mm -hmm. in the world. Like, like she's, and, and the way that Ariel was just like, I don't remember exactly what she said, but um, I just remember thinking like her comments were a bit uh white mm -hmm. oblivious mm -hmm. and it really irritated me and so I went into this article about Glennon Doyle with that frame of mind knowing stuff about Ariel Levy also I started when when her memoir in 2017 came out it's called The Rules Do Not Apply um I read like half of it I didn't finish it because I think I didn't really like the writing she's not a bad writer I just found it kind mm -hmm. of boring so um her memoir was really 
kind of inspired by her story. The story that made her most famous is the story published in The New Yorker in 2013 where she talks about her loss of her new newly born son at 19 weeks while she's travelling alone in Mongolia for a story. Um, the story, the essay was called Thanksgiving in Mongolia and she copped a lot of backlash over it because a lot of people were saying, well, it's your fault you wanted to travel when you were 19 weeks pregnant. Like sucked in, oh, so you it was an unborn child, not because, the child that's born. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and the okay, child so died. Yeah, first and the child trimester. died. Yeah, okay. Which yeah, yeah, um, very frequently. And, it's not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I I don't think she warranted any of that. Um, I definitely wasn't. You know, I wasn't on the side of like saying those comments. I think that uh, if a woman wants to travel, um, that's her right. Wants, it's yeah. her body, mm-hmm. right? Um. Um, and, uh, so that, it propelled her into fame, um, in 2013 when that book, um, that essay came out, and then four years later, her memoir, Rules Do Not Apply, came out. It's about her miscarriage, um, her affair, an affair apparently, her spouse's alcoholism and their eventual divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the similar themes that Glennon Doyle has talked about Mm -hmm. a lot. So Glennon has written a couple of books, I think three three or four now about... (laughs) Yeah, about uh, um, divorce, redemption, cheating yeah. white husband. Yeah, yeah. Or how? And then now she's dating. She's now with like Abby. A, I think Wombuck. she's married to her wife. Yeah. yeah. What do I want to say about all this? I think, like, I have the famous book in my hand right now, Untamed, <laughs> in front of me, and like I um, That's I have a uh-huh. bookmark, a post-it. Yeah, and it's so. Let me just tell you. When it was is, the last time you reached um, for that three, book? When was the last time you read the book? Uh, literally when I got it. So when was that? Which was like maybe a year ago. Okay, okay. Yep. And um, it's 325 pages and my bookmark is at page 12. <laughs> so you couldn't continue uh, to read it? I could not. Mm-hmm. Like, How did you get by on that just, book? Was it given by a publisher? Or was oh, it, because I wanted to review it for Women's Agenda because uh-huh. it was so popular. Did you ever do? So they were like, no, I didn't because I never <laughs> finished it. And also I hate this kind of white feminist shit. Uh-huh. Um, so the book is divided into... Three, uh-huh. four, three parts. Part two, part three, and like they have like little subgenres, um, mm. sixty-three or sixty-four in total, mm-hmm. with titles like ghosts, ears, racists, buckets, <laughs> arms, blowjobs. It's like, okay, that in itself is like for me, it's like, oh my god, like kill me because it, it it's like some it's a book I think. <laughs> For people who can't read beyond one page uh-huh. um, without falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So, like, people with zero attention span. I think it's been popular because of that. Like, so many people these days mm. can only, like, re- sit down and read a book for a couple of pages. I.e. so many people these days are fucking losers who can't, like, retain attention on a, a text for a long time. First chapter title thing, prologue, is called Cheetah, where she talks about, like, going to this the zoo. Um, zoo. Yep. And then like, um, and then she says like, oh, this 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 cheetah, or the tiger, it's a in cheetah the cage. Yeah. yeah, she's like, oh, I see myself in it. Like I am also, uh, I'm also, like caged in some way. Mm-hmm. Says a privileged white woman. Um, and uh, and then I have like little marks because I write in everything I read, mm-hmm. and literally I have two marks. So um, on the first page, she mentions coffee. She said, I walked to the kitchen to pour some coffee for her. I think she's talking about her daughter. 
Um, and then around coffee, I've circled it and put next to it white, <laughs> just like markers of whiteness. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the next, two, the second next page after that, a few pages after that, um, her her she says, in high school, I did a stint in a men- mental hospital. And my suspicion was confirmed. And then I, I circled the line, I did a stint in a mental hospital and also put white next to it. Mm-hmm. Because um, that's another white indicator. Like, there's just, like... And that just, like, yeah. two white indicators within the four the first four pages. I was like, this book is not for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obviously about a woman whose life is just, like, so outside of mine. Yeah. I'm not going to connect to anything about it. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I refuse to. I'm not going to sympathise with a woman who, like... Um, yeah, I don't obviously have anything personal against her. But, like, she has just managed to sort of... Sort of... Um, so she started off as a Christian mommy blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, she writes, he, she puts out videos titled How to Find Yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like these women are like, and they're always white. They're like the men who write books like um, that guy Yuval Noah Harari. You know that book, The Sapiens, yeah. A Brief History of yep. Humankind, mm-hmm. that fucking everyone has? Yeah. I'm so sick of that book. I want to burn like that book. And then he's also thing. got a book. Yeah, he's got a book called 21 Lessons for a 21st Se- Lesson for 21st oh, Century Life. Yeah. Like who is so I audacious as to name kind of their things. I know I hate those books too. It's like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules oh, for Life. Oh, do not follow Jordan Peterson. Like, yuck. <laughs> and it's like Daniel Kame Kameman, is that how you say his name? Daniel Kameman's f- Thinking Fast and Slow. Yeah. You know, like that literally every white like heterosexual man in methods. Australia has. Yeah. It's just like fucking hell these People are like, it's like all these white people have made themselves grand arbiters of life. Yeah, but you know? why are we talking about? And it's really why are interesting. We giving them space today when you. Well, it's really interesting. <laughs> it's like um, the men have, men sort of all these the men I've mentioned like Harari and Peterson mm. and Kahneman, Kahneman, God, I can't pronounce his fucking surname. Anyway, um, <laughs> they kind of write from a very scientific, sort of scientific, um sort of perspective their um, their their theories and their books are grounded in science right like jordan peterson's spiel is about the lobster yeah right? but i think the science um, that they pick is and, only the ones that they agree with them or sometimes oh yeah, totally. they will even modify science around yeah, what yeah. they believe yeah yeah but my point was like um it's interesting that these three men that i mentioned harari Kamen, and peterson they're very typical of a very pop like you said popular mainstream sort of um accessible science and then like they're the popular guru they're the popular role models right mm. for a lot of young white men these days and the, for the popular role models for young white women we have Cheryl Strayed a rape survivor we have Brene Brown who talks about vulnerability we have Elizabeth Gilbert who um got a divorce and went traveling and um in cult and like penetrated Indian and Italian and Balinese culture and then wrote a book about it and then became ludicrously wealthy and they're all skinny. It's like it's interesting to see the two very contrasting yet exactly the same kind of white role models that young white people have these days. It's like, and and also like the women Cheryl Strayed, Brene Brown, and Elizabeth Gilbert. They mm. don't root their and also now Glennon Doyle. They don't root their ideologies in science the way that Peterson and Harari do. You know, they root it in like I've experienced this. It's all like from an experiential part. Mm-hmm. It's like women have been pushed to like only tell stories where they are like, I want to share something about my life and this is how you can become a better woman. Like becoming a better woman means like you have to 
look up to these women who have gone through a lot of adversity as though like today's feminism is like we measure a woman by how much how like how how awful her ex-husband was like her divorce how awful that was like or some sort of like oh she went to a like mental institute mm-hmm. right Vernon Doyle she she was a alcoholic I believe mm-hmm. I think the Ariel Levy's profile also mentioned that she was struggling with uh, bulimia and mm-hmm. um, alcoholism um, and it's just like it makes me so angry you know it makes me angry that these are the only role models that we have it makes me angry that these people are so rich not because I'm jealous but maybe maybe part of it is that as well but it it just feels really one directional mm. you know I think it's definitely like, I just think, one directional I, I think yeah. I think if, like, obviously, if Glennon Doyle is a great writer, right, mm-hmm. I would have no qualms with celebrating her. But she's a shit writer. Like, how is this a book? I don't even know how this is a book. Like, it's, like, literally um, pieces of, like, um, post-it notes mm-hmm. published into a book. Well, you know why? I'm so fucking You know why? People. It's because they're so easy to be accessible by people who doesn't need, require a very deep, or critical thinking. Right. They're yeah. just so easy to read and perhaps they get into you. And there seems like a couple of the things that I seen her write, it just feels like a fridge magnet, one of those Yeah, exactly. God is something something or freedom or well what's a quote that I I've I've heard when I was listening to the autumn likes like for all the feelings is feelings or something like that. Some crap like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, feel it. Feel, feel it with your yeah, whole heart. Something, or something like that shit, yeah. And yeah, I just found it, I, I hate that. Like it seems like you have to, because she went always, like we're not saying that we're we don't agree with people who have gone through traumas are not yeah, uh, are not deserved this kind of attention. But the open world attention that she's getting, yeah. and also um. She yeah. always, she she seems like oh yeah I don't care about what other people think or um, because I'm not fitting into Christianity or I don't really fit into the queer <laughs> community or I don't fit into like yeah. I'm just being me. The straight community. But you're getting yeah. the money, okay? You're getting attention on Instagram. It seems like there. Um, I, I think there was a, another article that I read about them was that they recorded daily daily lives. Uh, in short clips, mm. but somehow yeah. inspirational yeah. attitudes towards life, and they post on Instagram. Oh my god, kill me, kill me now! I I, I found the worst kind of feminism. <laughs> I... It's like people saying, "Oh, like I'm so subversive," when actually they're the most compliant women in the world. Like, if mm. you're going to be subversive, be like, don't don't be so skinny. Like, why don't you? Or like. Like she still has a skinny body. Like I'm not sure. I'm not saying that's the measurement. She fits into the mainstream model but type. She fits exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, why are we not saying that? Why can't we acknowledge the fact that all these role, quote unquote, role models? Um, I just, I really hate uh, the worst kind of people are those who espouse this idea of like, oh, I, I am like not fitting in i don't fit in anyway i'm so transgressive when in actual fact they're doing the least interesting conservative mm. cons, cons, conservative things mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i'm going to quote a couple of lines from an article written by sarah nelson on the seattle's time 
Um, she wrote a review on the Untamed, the book uh, of Glenna Doyle's, like, apparently it's like a, she's called it like a third memoir or something like that. So Sarah Nelson said that, <clears throat> I'm quoting, uh, often using the words power, freedom, knowing, and self. Untamed reads like a self-help book for wealthy white women when it trades lightly into the complex territories of race, privilege, misogyny, and capitalism. It boomerangs back to the tired language of every affirmation book ever written. I am fireproof. Life is brutal. As in brutal and beautiful. Brutal and beautiful. <laughs> oh my God, kill me. And also the last one. To be brave is to forsake all others to be true to yourself. That's <laughs> just a fridge magnet. Oh okay, gosh. I'm going to continue. Nielsen also yep. say, while Doyle is now a, in a lesbian relationship, the book's narrative of marriage and parenting are very traditional. This isn't right yeah, or wrong, there you go. but it doesn't disrupt cis-heteropatriarchal dynamics either. Marriage equality exactly. has long been criticized for, by queer activists as too, man, too mainstream of a fight. It ignores other ways of making a family erases conversation about gender outside the binary and falls into the steps of an institution many folks argue it rooted entirely in the power dynamics based on gender and sexuality. Yeah, I, I, I quite agree with that because... This I is, love that. I, I don't she see, cuts through all the bullshit. Yeah, I, I don't see there was anything... I actually quite... Like, I'm going to agree with um, Doyle's um, current situation or arrangement however you're going to call it with a relationship of a child with her ex-husband and her current wife mm. apparently they work very harmoniously of you know looking after the kids which is really good because it seems like um, the relationship between her ex-husband and current wife there's no conflict between it I think there might be conflict yeah. but it seems like oh they just work like a they look like a happy big family from you know by the outsiders Anyway, yeah. um, the last quote that I'm going to mention by Nielsen, she said that Untamed does not bring a queer ethos to its storytelling, but rather happens to have a lesbian relationship in a narrative that has lean-in vibes, that is general, oversimplified <laughs> advice about finding and cultivating yeah. inner power that only works for a certain subset of population. Yeah, rich, white, wealthy, rich, white, wealthy, skinny, able-bodied That was very well women. written, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really good how how she wrote and <laughs> kind of talked about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like there's this one quote that I've drawn from her previous book, something Warrior, Carry On Warrior. Um, so this is Glennon Doyle. She wrote, I'm quoting here, the only meaningful thing we can offer one another is love, not advice, not questions about our choices, not suggestions for the future, just love. I hate that so much. It's like, uh, not advice. <laughs> you have to use I was that like, advice. You wrote <laughs> you fucking three that. books about advice, giving people <laughs> advice. Who the fuck are you to say? Did she call herself? What the fuck? Like, it's like, uh, it's like someone who's like, oh, no, I'm not this. And then it's like, uh, you're doing that, exactly that. <laughs> just own it. Yeah. Why can't you just own I hate people who are like, who don't own their shit. Fucking own it, you know? Because they pretend they don't own yeah, it. Because- and then more yeah, people exactly, will follow them. Then people feel like, oh, yeah, you're so exactly. humble. You're humble Be- enough. I'm going to you know follow what, Helen, you. That's why she's so successful. Because if she was like me, I'm just like... She knows yeah, the way. I, I go around calling myself a genius, right? Like, ironically, but also not. And like, people hate that because who the fuck is so arrogant to do that, right? 
Um, it's not sexy. It's mm. not palatable for a woman to come go around calling her a genius. But I've had people call me geniuses, like legitimate people from the States and, you know, literary agents mm. yeah, call me I a know. genius. And, like, it's just not savory for a woman to go around saying she's a genius or, like, just owning her abilities. Like, we can't handle a woman mm. who's confident in her own abilities. And I, I hate that. Mm. I hate... It's just like last night, um, my friends and I were watching, after Sex and the Sea, we watched Sarah Jessica Parker's acceptance speech at the 1990... Oh, I don't remember which year, but it was the Golden Globes where she won for being Carrie Bradshaw. And we hated her speech mm-hmm. because she was like, oh, uh, 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 little old me, I'm so, like, humble. I can't believe I won. I can't believe I won. All the women on my category are so good. Like, why am I winning? It's like, and we just hated her. We hated her <laughs> even more because it's like, can you just own it? Just own, just fucking mm. own your success. Don't be humble. Don't yeah. fucking humble your way through fucking... Like, I hate that little prissy, like, hey, 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 little girl, prissy, oh, I'm so shy, whatever, whatever. Like, and then, uh, and <laughs> then you know right why? after, we watched Joe Pachesi, Joe Pachesi, you know, that guy who was in Goodfellas, and also he's the baddie mm-hmm. in um, Home Alone 2 or 1. Joe someone, yeah, okay, he, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. right after, yeah. my friend showed um, the acceptance speech Oscar of his Oscar, he won Best Supporting Actor or Best Actor for... Goodfellas, and he literally just went up, he held the Oscar in his hand, and he said, it's a privilege, thank you. And that's it, and he just left the stage. And and, uh, we Mm. were like, that is a great Mm -hmm. speech. Just keep it short, man, just keep it short. Yeah, but you know why? Because women get judged no matter how they say. And then if they're too proud, oh, people's going to judge them, or us, saying that, oh, who the fuck does she think she is? Yeah, you know, that we often, well, at the end of our um, podcast and after I did the editing and all that, I often say that, oh, I never really sound, yeah. think that we sound so yeah. smart. Yeah, you're putting yourself down. When we're recording it. Yeah, but then you listen to it. Like, we listen to our own work. Like, we, we're happy with yeah. our own work, but we don't go out and talk about it because I feel like women have been kind of groomed to think a way that you need to always be humble yeah. about yeah. yourself. Like, don't show off or if you show off people's gonna judge you unfortunately it feels like we're going back to the equation of what however way what we behave we are going to be constantly judged yeah exactly society like i'm just thinking your point here is a great one because if um sarah jessica parker or if any woman did what joe pesky did like if she just goes up on stage and says it's a pro- if it's a pr- she- and if she just goes on stage and says it's a privilege, thank you. She will be judged. She will be like, oh, what a bitch! Like, yeah. like why didn't she thank like, her husband? Why person. didn't she thank her <laughs> children? Yeah, exactly. So basically, oh, there's no gosh. at the. I feel like every right way yeah. for us to fucking behave. I feel like every oh, week, so every week uh, at the end of our podcast, no matter what we're talking about, we're like, and the conclusion is there is no easy, there is no way to be a woman in this world. Literally, every week, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, anything else that you want to I've I've exhausted my anger for yeah, today. Yeah, so exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, before we end the podcast, I want to do two mentions. The first mention is uh, open your website and go and... Don't Google because Google is under the media bargain code at the moment. I don't know, Bing or whatever search engine that you have. Um, look up Amplify bookstores. They're having a sale at the moment. So support the black, indigenous, people of color writers and also local bookstores. 
And also the female entrepreneurs, you know, there's two amazing women who started this mm-hmm. business and they're on a mission to expand our own like usual routine patterns, i.e. white, very whitewashed. They've worked hard in finding works by black, indigenous and people of colors um, to make it available to purchase online. So look up Amplify Bookstore. They have you to sell at the moment. I think your book is in one of the Oceana oh, books. Cool. Like they combine a couple of books into like a regional Oceania, Asia, Latin, nice. and things like that. And the second mention before we go, uh, Mary from Soy and Spice Lingerie. We've collabed with her before. Uh, with Johnson Chon, the founder of Sage House Yoga Studio in Singapore, and also Clover Lam from Unconventional Asian. We'll be, they'll be running a workshop titled Self-Discovery for Asian Women. So I'll probably put that in the in our show note of this episode. So if you're interested, go and have a look. It's happening very soon. Is that it for this episode, yeah. Jesse? I can see that you already lie down. <laughs> <laughs> my back hurts. I'm sitting on my floor in my yeah. bedroom. Okay. Okay. So let's finish okay. it up. Once again, thank you to our listeners. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. We're now on Acast. If you have enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. We are now with Acast support, so if you like, please support our show by donation. Buy, buy us a coffee or a chai latte. You can find our updates on not on Facebook anymore, so we're not going to use Facebook at the moment. So just Instagram at the moment. Um, just search Asian Bitches Down Under. We'll welcome discussions and feedbacks. <laughs> so we'll chat to you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.